Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. Tell you something. Okay. You said something that really stood out at me. And I've just been like putting it over and over in my head as you've been talking. And you said that you were never really good at sales. That was never really your thing. But then you went and explained a situation where you were good with sales and it felt good and you lit up inside. And so this limiting belief that you've told yourself is that I'm not good at sales. I'm not a good salesperson. I need to not be in sales. Uh, Sales is not for me. Like, see, this is why I never made it. I'm not good with sales. Like you keep saying this in your head subconsciously as you're in these roles, but it's not that you're not good at sales. It's that you like an emotional connection. You want to be selling something that it doesn't really feel like a sale. And it doesn't really feel like you're begging someone or you're like, Oh, like, please buy this. Like you might not need it, but I'm going to convince you to do it anyway. Like you want to sell something that's connected to your purpose, to the greater cause. So when you're doing that, face-to-face, like you said, at craft shows and doing things, you feel alive. You're like, oh my gosh, you need this. Like, you're going to love this. It's going to bring you so much joy because you can already see that. And it goes back to what we've always said is that you have to find what your soul's meant to do. You have to have that connection because if you don't, you will never be successful in sales. And that's why when people are like, well, I'll just have this job and I'll just like fight through it because I'm going to make a bunch of money, but I hate it. It's like, no, you never will make a bunch of money because you hate the job. You, you won't, even if it's salary, you won't last forever. You might last five years, but you're eventually going to get to that point where you're like, okay, this sucks. I'm done. And so you are good at sales. You would be great at sales. If you don't like the sales process of a lot of people are creative, but they're not really entrepreneurial. And that's not in a bad way at all. I was actually thinking about myself. I don't really think that I'm as entrepreneurial as I thought I was. I am a creative and I like to do things my way and I have all these ideas. But what if we could partner with another company or partner with another business? Like, what if you could sell, you could find someone to come on board and you create the 3D art and you sell it to them and they use their marketing and their sales and their stuff to get it out there. Like we can sell to a company or we can contact someone who does things kind of in our niche to say, Hey, I already have this. Like one thing that I've been really wanting to create is a journal for people and are these flashcards of scriptures that you can read when you're in battle, when the devil is attacking you, you can pull these out and they're all promises of God. They're all really strong scriptures. But then I found a girl on Instagram who sells both of those things. And I'm like, do I have to have my own or can I be like, Hey, let's partner together. Or I'll just send people to her, like go buy your postcards and your journals from this person over here, instead of me stopping what I'm doing and going all the way back to create that whole entire process. So we only think inside the box because it's how we're 
groomed our whole life is like, oh, no, no, just, just worry about this. Like, don't think about this. We're not worried about that. We're worried about this. But really it's like removing that and taking a step back and looking at, okay, how can I achieve this goal? Because we're brainwashed into certain thoughts. Like if I'm not sitting in an office chair working nine to five, I'm not working. No, you still are. You can still have your job. You still are doing that. Like there's these things that were really programmed, like, oh, I should be working more. But why? Who said you have to work nine to five to be considered successful or you're lazy if you don't? Like these things, it's like, how can I accomplish this goal? If what brings you to life is creating and seeing this expression on people's face when they see this, well, then it doesn't matter how you accomplish it. That's all you want to accomplish. And I'm so glad. I am so glad. God is so good. I am so glad that you said that. And this is how this message started off because my theme today and what I want to talk about is being still and letting God move you in the direction you want to move in. We tend to like, okay, how am I going to sell this? And then, okay, what do I want to do? Like, we act like it's up to us. We act like we're in control. Like, okay, how do I, how do I want my life to go? I think maybe I'll learn Instagram and then I'll learn Pinterest I'll put this stuff on here. Okay, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to do these things and see where I'm at. And we think that our works is going to get us to a further spot. We're going to work and get to a further spot. We think that even with our relationship with God, like a lot of people think, and I'm guilty of this, like I'm going to learn as much as I can about God and I'm going to show him like, look at me, like spending so much time with you and learning your scripture and being so obedient. But what we do doesn't even get us into heaven. He loved you the exact same amount when you were at the worst part of your life. Like think of the worst sin that you've committed. The worst thing that you did that you have, there's, you might have guilt and shame. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, that's condemnation. You should know that you're forgiven and let it go. But think of at the worst part of your life, God loved you just as much then as he will the day you enter into heaven. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, how can you, and especially because his son was tortured and died on a cross for that sin. And he's like, welcome to heaven. Like, I love you. You're here. You're the best. And the only thing that's holding us back from this amazing, abundant life is that we feel like we can control it. And the control is stressful. It, it makes us feel like a failure because you're never going to be able to build this career and move your life into this forward motion without God. It, it has to be him. So you're going to try to do it in your own strength, doing all these things like, oh, I have an idea. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to work and do this. Well, all you're doing is working, working, working. And God's like, you're going in the wrong direction. Hello. Hello. <laughs> wrong plan. And he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll just, you know, make this work and I'll just and there's a scripture and I wrote down a couple of scriptures I wanted to share. Um, the one that says, okay, <laughs> where is that? Um, I perceived that there is nothing better for them to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. 
I Googled the word toil. So I'm like, okay, what does toil mean? And then it said it means toilsome. I was like, okay, that's not even a definite. I hate when things do that. I'm like, okay, what does toilsome mean? Like, come on, you know what I mean? Like, let's get to the point. And it's your, it's your labor. It's your work. It's what you're doing. It says um, in the Bible, it talks about doing it under the sun, whatever you do under the sun. Um, because people back then, that's what they used to do. They were outside, they were plowing their fields. Like they were raising animals. They were all the things that they did for money were outside pretty much, unless you're like a blacksmith or, you know, things like that. But most things you're like under the hot sun. And even if you were in a hut, you still were under the hot sun because there was no AC back then. So it was still under the sun. Your toil is what you're doing, this labor. And so it says also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all of his hard work under the sun. This is God's gift to man. And so we, even though things that we're doing are hard and stressful, we're supposed to do it and have all joy, like doing it with joy and with gratitude. And then it later says in the scripture, it says, this is what I have observed to be good. And it kind of repeats this thing. So I know when things are repeated over and over in the Bible, obviously they want you to take note. So this is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat and to drink and to find satisfaction and their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them for this is their lot. And lot means like, this is your riches. This is your, like, if you lived on a lot, like this is all your stuff on this lot. We have, this is your lot. So the few days that God has given them for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of their heart. And so this is what happens. You experience this hard work and instead of it being hard to God, because we need to yoke with God, we need to connect with God, not try to plot, plan, scheme, lead the way, work super hard, work extra hard, go on a 90 day run. It's what I used to go on when I was in sales. Like we're going on 90 day run, like buckle down the hatches. Like we're running as hard as we can for 90 days to hit this goal. And it's like, yes. Okay. Of course it obviously works. Grant Cardone is a multi-billionaire and he's the author of 10X. And I've read his book a bunch of times and I used to teach people his methods. It will work, but it'll burn you out. And for the majority of people, it's really not going to work for you ever because you're not that type of person that's going to go 10x. You just think you do because you want something or everyone else around you wants something or everyone's telling you you should want something. And so we're like, all right, we're going to do this. Like, let's get in. But surely deep down in your soul, like the deepest part of your soul doesn't really want a 10x. Like the deepest part of my soul wanted to be free, wanted to be present, wanted to raise my kids, wanted to experience the world with my kids, teaching them how to garden, watering flowers, cooking for them. Like deep, deep, deep down in my soul, these are the things that I wanted to do. I felt like I was created to be a mom. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to stay home. I, I wanted to have that, but 
the world was telling me that if I had more stuff and I made more money, that more people would like me and more people would approve of me and more people would want to be my friend, which is what I really, really longed for because of the abandonment issues I had when I was a little kid. It made me want to be desired, want to be approved of. I was in control of things. So when I was working for success, I saw the way people looked at people that were making a lot of money. And I thought, I want people to like me like that. And that's how I started hustling because the more money I made and the more people I could help, the better I felt. And when that went away, I didn't have anything to make me feel good. But we're not supposed to be performing and living our life for other people. We're supposed to be doing it for ourselves and for Jesus. So how the devil gets in our head and gets us to think that the goal is not the goal. And you're just working through all of your trauma and your issues. And you're like, whatever, I never healed from that. I never went and saw a therapist for that. I never got the help I needed, but it's okay. We're just going to put our head down and we got this. We can depend on ourselves and we can't depend on ourselves. We can't, but when we get in our heads and we're starting to stress about this job now, like I need to have more, I need to work more, or you're just doing a job and you're doing it good and you're working hard, but you're stressing like, is this going to work? Am I going to get to the top? Is the promotion coming? Is, you know, how can I work more? Is this where I should be? Should I switch jobs? We have a lot of decisions we need to make in a day too. And so that is overwhelming. Like, should I change careers? Should I switch and do this job, even though it pays me less? I think I'll be happier. Should I stay where the money is? Should I go to that competitor? Should I go back to school? Should I sell that product? Should I restart that project? Should I take that demotion? Should I take the promotion? You have all these decisions, not only around our career, but we're bombarded with so many decisions throughout a day. It's insane. I took a picture last night when I was at a gas station because I went in there to get a drink. My husband and I had no kids and we took our side-by-side out riding. We have a bunch of like dirt roads and stuff. And so we took it out riding and he said, let's go to this gas station and fill it up. And so we went, filled up the tank, went inside. I'm like, okay, I want a drink. And we looked and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what I want. And I could not even believe all of the options that you have for a beverage. And I'm not even talking alcoholic beverage, because if you want to put in like that, okay, or like all the different kinds of wines and all the different kinds of beers and all the different kinds of seltzers, all the different kinds of cigarettes, I mean, all these things, and they're, they're all bad for you. Even all the drinks in the, in the thing, I'm like, okay, all this stuff, they literally market it, act like it's great, hundred percent juice, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, no, all of this is garbage. And they're just trying to sell it to us and shove it down our throats and tell us, Look at all these options you have. What do you want? What do you want? You can have a tea. You can have a soda. You can have a water. You can have a, I'm like, this is insane. Like I can't even make this decision of what I want to drink because there's all these options. Like think of people back in the day, all there was, was water. I mean, that's literally all there was. And then there was like goat milk, sheep's milk, cow milk. Like you went into milks and that was, that was really all they had. You had like broths and stuff that they made, but you didn't have these options. And whether you realize it or not, are, we're not designed to take in that much information. So if you're going into a gas station and you have all the options of what gas station to stop at, and then you have all the options of what's inside the gas station, that's enough to just clog your brain for literally hours. 
And then you're also over here trying to plot, plan and scheme your life of like, where should I work and what should I do and who should I marry and what should I have for dinner and what should, and all these decisions. And it's just so overwhelming. No wonder why you're tired. No wonder why you have anxiety. That's what I told John. I was like, literally, look at this. This is like an anxiety attack waiting to happen. No wonder why we're all overwhelmed and anxious. Like this is the world that we're living in that is telling us, are you tired? Are you overwhelmed? Are you stressed out? Come in here and get a Red Bull. Go and get a coffee. Go and have a margarita. Go and this is the message that we're getting from the world and none of it will help you. The only thing that satisfies is Jesus because it's, it's like the Carrie Underwood song, like Jesus take the wheel. Like I'm, this is none of my business. This is, this is your life. This is between you and my soul. And this body will just carry what you do. I am just going to show up. And for a long time, I didn't know how to slow down forever. The, the message that I realized that, okay, if the goal is to live this abundant free life where you're not stressed out, you're making money. Okay. I, like God doesn't say don't work and you don't have to have money. The Bible is filled with scriptures about working a lot of them. And if you're like me, that doesn't really like the word work anymore. Like you're like kind of cringe. Like you're like, Oh, do I really need to do that? Like, do I really have to work in the toilsome sun? Um, like in Ephesians, it says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And if you don't like the word work, you're like, I have to work now. Like, but he also says, and Matthew says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so at first, I'm like, if I want to achieve this big, huge, crazy goal, I highly recommend you listen to the series called Crazy Faith by Michael Todd, if you haven't yet. I was listening to his series of this while I was going through this transition of, of okay, I'm going to live on crazy faith. I'm going to, I'm going to completely submit my life to God and say, God, do something crazy. Like use me and just do it. And I'm, I'm going to show up and I'm going to spend time with you. I think it's episode 40 on my podcast is time with God. Um, amazing. You need to listen to it to know how to spend time with God because spending time with God will give you the little nuggets of things that you need. So when I would spend more time with God, he would give me these little visions where I would see these, like, sometimes I would see them in my head. I would like hear them. I would just get this idea randomly while I'm doing something. And if I spent time with God that morning, I would get these throughout the day, or I would get them while I was writing in my journal, or um, they would sometimes come later. But I found the ticket is spending time that day with God, and then it would come. And these little things of like, really awesome things that are going to happen in my life. Like I can see myself and I've shared this before, but I can see myself in a really old building with like black framed windows and it's a brick building. And we're like two, we're on like the second story. We're in a city like New York or something. And there's just windows everywhere. And inside's a big open concept with a tons of plants and I'm there and there's a bunch of people with me and we're all working and creating something. We're, we're building something big, like huge. And I don't know what it is, but I know that I'm the owner or I'm like the leader or I'm something. And I love it. The feeling I get when I, when I see this, I like literally have chills. And there's a picture of me 
that was taken, April was with me when I went and had some branding pictures taken inside the building we went into. I was like, this is the exact building that I see myself in. And it was in downtown. It was in downtown Detroit. And I'm like, this, this literally is exactly how I feel. Like, what is this feeling? And I've seen that. And then I've also seen myself standing on a stage, speaking to a small group of people, like a couple hundred, and I'm talking about abortion and I'm convincing women who are pregnant to not have an abortion. And I had that vision a couple years after I had my boys, because I very highly considered abortion when I got pregnant, when I was 18. And I knew that I knew that I knew that it was wrong. And this isn't to condemn anyone that's had an abortion because you have been forgiven. There is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. And we are all new creations. And I don't want anyone to feel like that, but I, I thought about it and, and decided not to God forced me not to, it wasn't me. I was praying God, I know this is wrong. Change my heart. Like make this not happen. Change my mind where it's not even an option. Like I don't want this baby, but like change my mind. And I did, God changed it. And then a couple weeks later, I went in for an ultrasound and found out it was twins. And my kids to this day, I will tell you, saved my life. Like I am so passionate about telling people about God's plan for children because it's his cry to change something. It's him saying, listen, I want you to go over here. I don't want you over here. And so I've seen this little vision and it was a second and I really never thought about it again and it went away. But the more I spend time with God, the more of these visions that I get. So I realized in order to, I'm like, I want to do that. Like myself, that scares me. Like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to prepare a speech. Like, what am I going to say? Like, okay, hold on. And I've been asked to speak since I stopped working. I've been asked to speak a few times and I've turned them all down because I just, I'm just like nervous. Like I'm not ready. And this is, I don't I don't know. I just don't think I'm ready. And like, I'm just going to say no for now. Thank you, but no thanks. And I realized that in order to achieve this like big thing that God has for you, you need to have crazy faith which means you're spending time with God and then you're acting on the things you know you need to do. Like, you know, you need to do them. You might be scared to do them, but you know, you need to do them. Like yesterday I was sitting in church, listening to my pastor and all I've never sat down and had a conversation with him. I go to a pretty large church and I've, I was a consumer of church from middle school until two years ago. And I just became a leader in the church, doing missions work, ministry work. And I haven't ever sat down with my pastor. And he kind of, it, it kind of intimidates me, like even thinking about that. But while he was preaching, it popped into my head and I wrote it down in my journal to do meet with pastor Angelo. And I was like, Oh man, like, I don't really want to do that. Like, <laughs> What am I going to meet with him about? Do I, what am I even going to say? Why do I even need to meet with them? But I just feel like I need to. I, I feel like I need to, and I need to talk to him and I need him to pour into me and I need him to encourage me. And I feel like I can relate to him a lot of ways. And his theme this year that he released at the church is called wake up. And I'm like, this is literally my podcast. Like this is literally my mission. And so when I act on that, I know God will bless me. That is God giving me like, this is what you need to do next. So if you have this crazy faith and you learn about it, which Michael Todd does a great job at going through it, he also wrote the book Crazy Faith, which 
I would listen to the series first on YouTube before I tell you to go buy the book. I haven't read the book, but there's a ton of episodes and they're hours and hours and hours long each. It's like so much information. I think you probably get more information out of the YouTube. The book is like, let's just like sum this up real quick. Um, but Crazy Faith talks about spending time with God, hearing his plan, acting out what he's telling you to do. And I realized in order to do that, you have to realize that you are who God says you are. You are chosen and anointed. And I, I started saying that phrase all the time because I needed to let that sink in because the devil would start to be like, oh, Ruth, you really think you're going to do this? You think God's going to use you? You're like waking up in the morning to spend time with God. Like he's going to, you like, you're going to be something awesome. You're going to be something great. Like you're going to ever even do what he says. Like just so quick, the thoughts in the, in my head and the devil kept trying to tell me like, you're not that person. Oh, not you. The Bible, it's not talking about you though. You're really not, you're really weak and you're a sinner. You think God's going to use you while you're sinning? You think God's going to use you even though you're not waking up every morning and spending the first two hours in your Bible? Like I, these are thoughts that I would have. And I really felt like they were real thoughts. Like, like, yeah, the, he has a point. Like, I didn't realize it was the devil. I thought it was myself, like just repeating that voice because it's in my own voice and I can hear it. But really what the devil tries to do is he just tries to get in your head and make you think bad stuff about yourself. And then you start saying it to people like, yeah, I'm just not, I'm just not good at sales or like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm just such a messy person. I am so unorganized and I'm just like hot mess over here. We need to be so careful of our language and of our words. And I'm not even going to get into that because that's a whole other message that the Bible talks about. If you go to gotquestions.org and say, what does the Bible talk, say about your speech? And you'll be blown away at how powerful the tongue is and how destructive the tongue can be. It's, it's really incredible. But the word chosen and anointed kept coming up and coming up and coming up. And I would write it everywhere. Like you're chosen and anointed. I got a necklace and it said CA and I would hold it. Everyone's like, oh, is that for California? I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> not California. And because I just went on Etsy and had just put it in, like had one made, but I would hold it, fit like perfectly in between my two fingers. And I would hold it and I would close my eyes and I would say, you are chosen and anointed. You are chosen and anointed. You can do this. You are created to do this. You are chosen for this. You are anointed. You're equipped because you spend time with God, because you're giving him the glory, because you're trying to move forward in crazy faith. You are chosen. You are anointed. And I would start to feel better. And I would feel like the devil was fleeing. And I would feel like the, the feeling was lifting of like doubt and worry and stress. And I'd be like, okay, I can do this. I am chosen and I am anointed. And then I started to like feel, then I really believed it. And I was going to sell, I was going to sell shirts, which I'm still going to, but I was like, I need shirts. I need necklaces because in the moment I was like, this is what is carrying me through. This is what is saving my life. Like we are chosen. We are anointed. And I would talk to people and I would see that they didn't believe it either. Where I'm like, your problem is you don't even believe that you're chosen or anointed and you are. And the scripture backs that up, but you just don't believe it. So if you don't believe it, nothing good is going to happen because you don't believe it. So it doesn't matter how hard you try to push someone into doing it. They're just never going to do it. It's like trying to tell your kid to ride their bike, like practice riding your bike so we can take your training wheels off. Like let's 
come on, like, let's do it. I know you're five years old. I know that you can take your training wheels off. Like I, I know you have the ability to do this. And if your kid is like, no, no, I'm not getting on the bike. I'm not getting on the bike and they will not do it. They could be the best dang bike rider, but if they're never going to get on the bike, they'll never be a good bike rider. If they keep saying, no, I can't, I can't do it. We tell our kids, don't say that. Don't say can't, you can do it. You can do anything you want. But then we turn around and we're like, I can't, I can't, I can't even try. Like, I don't think I'll be any good. Well, you could be good. You could be amazing, but you just haven't believed in yourself enough to do it. Like the dreams that people message me on Instagram and tell me all the time. I'm like, do it. Yes, do it. That sounds amazing. Yes, do it. If you feel strongly in your heart, like I really want to do this and you have, you can fill in that blank, then please just go and do it. Because so many people don't even know what that is. They're still like, I wish I was passionate about something. I wish I like, I wish I like knew what I liked to do. I wish I knew. And for that person, that's like, I wish I knew. I have no idea. For that person, you need to enroll in my course because it'll get you to the point of, okay, okay, I think I know what I want to do. And it'll get you to that point. And then you're like, okay, now I just need to believe I'm chosen and anointed. My course can be found. Just go to my name on Instagram. You can actually just go to mentoringthemasses.com. It's also my link on Instagram. But go on there and go through that because it'll get you caught up. And then you can be like, okay, I'm chosen and anointed to do this. You can spend time with God. You can listen to the series that Michael Todd has. You can start doing things little by little. But the next piece of this puzzle is to be still. Like step one is realize that you're chosen and anointed. And step two is to be still. If you want to find out your purpose, your purpose here on earth, why did God create me? Why did he put me in this community? Why did he surround me with these friends? They all happened on purpose. None of it was an accident. If you move schools, it's because you were supposed to. Like look at your life right now and think, if I never worked there, I never would know that person. If I didn't know her, I never would know them. If I never moved to that state, I never would have known these people. Your whole life has been connected like that. And God has put you with these people for a reason. I've saved a couple people's lives from drowning. Um, maybe three or four in my life. Where God has placed me in places where I have been able to grab someone out of the water who's drowning. And to think of that perfect alignment how God had to put me on that beach at that time, paying attention, looking in that direction, seeing that at that moment. And I'm not taking credit for it because I'm no lifeguard. <laughs> okay, but, but I'm just saying that God is putting people in the right places for a reason. There, there could have been an accident that you were going to get into, but this car ended up going super slow in front of you. And because you were stuck behind that slow car, you didn't go through the intersection at that time. That person read, ran that red light and the car didn't hit you and you have no idea. But this slow person in front of you just saved your life. These connections are happening all day long. The Bible says that they are. The Bible says that there's angels here protecting us at all times. Like you are so anointed that he sent his angels here to protect you. Like, okay, I'm going to create Caitlin. She's a good one. Surround her, please. 
everybody work together. Let's keep her safe. We got to make sure she meets this person and this person and this person because she's going to marry this person and she's going to do this for a job because I created her to be like nurturing and caring and be able to help heal people. So let's, let's make it happen, people. And then imagine you're just sitting there and you're like, never going to be a good nurse. I'll never go to school. I'll never be able to do it. I don't know. Should I? I mean, I don't know when in my family ever went to college. So should I do it? I don't know. Do I want to be a nurse? Am I smart enough? That's like a lot of school. People have told me it's really hard to get into nursing school and it's really hard to pass all your stuff. Like, I mean, not me. How many people have that dream of being a nurse inside of them and they never go and do it because of all those thoughts or to start a business like, or to start a nonprofit or to partner with someone and to speak to them and to speak on stage. Practice makes perfect. And if you try to control the whole thing and you let your brain, their analytical brain of like fear and worry and like, oh, speak on stage. Like that's scary. What will I wear? Everyone will be staring at me. What if I'm sweating? What if I forget what I have to say? Oh my gosh. I think everyone says that's the biggest fear in America and I'm going to do it. And I, I don't know how to speak and I've never done that before. And, and then you don't do it because you're just so scared. Bye April. Love you. You're just so scared and you're, and it holds you back. And so you have to be still and I want to get a tattoo. I almost did it when I was in Nashville, but I didn't, I wasn't hundred percent where I wanted it. And I try to not make impulsive decisions anymore because that was my whole life. <laughs> it's just, you want it, do it like quick, just do it. Um, I've taken a lot of like booking trips for tomorrow type of vacations. Like, let's just go to Florida tomorrow and like cancel everything and just book the tickets, which, you know, it can be great to do that, but they weren't, it wasn't good when I did it. So I try to not be too spontaneous, but I want to get a tattoo that says be still because I found myself and maybe I'll make a shirt that says be still because I found myself constantly having to remind myself like, oh, hang on, be still, be still, stop, stop your brain, stop worrying, stop stressing, stop beating yourself up. I beat myself up and say all the time and feel guilty all the time about not working. And part of it is because I am an, an ex-workaholic and for a long time, I thought that my worth was in my work and in my success. So when you took away my work and my success, I was like, okay, well, what's left? Like, I'm like, now I'm like worthless, but God needed to strip me through that. People ask all the time about why I left the network marketing industry or why I quit my company. And it really boils down to that. I tell people that God, God told me to, and he did he forced me to, I, he made me do it even when I didn't want to, because I was journaling that I didn't want to give it up. But the reason why I had to go through that is because he had to strip me from the idol I had in my life of success and money, determining my worth and making me feel satisfied. Cause it didn't make me feel satisfied, but I still felt like it was going to. And so that like hustle mindset was keeping me from a relationship with Jesus, because instead of going his way, I was trying to work my way into this successful position and all I've ever wanted, my bottom line goal, all I've ever wanted was to be able to speak to people that are unfulfilled and are going through hard times in their life and motivate them and inspire them to be able to think that they can do it 
and to motivate them into action to do it and to just make them feel better. Like that is literally all I want. I'm an encourager. That's, I want to be able to encourage and I want to be able to do it on a large scale with multiple people in a room. I love doing it one-on-one, but I also love a big group of people. And so I was trying to think of, okay, this is my goal. How can I do this? I'm like, oh, I can be in sales. I could be in network marketing. I could, I could speak on stage and do like motivational speaking. I'm thinking of all these ways that I could accomplish this. But when I just sit back and I am in God's will and I'm doing what he wants me to do, which is taking care of what's in front of us. So if you're someone who like beats yourself up all day and you're, and you don't feel like you're enough for God, like you're doing enough or you're like progressing enough, or like, did I do enough today? Was today a successful day? You just need to ask yourself a couple of questions at the end of every day. The first one is, was I present all day today? Was I present in what I was doing? Even if you're watching Netflix, that's okay. You're allowed to take breaks. You're allowed to rest. You absolutely are. I just listened to Michael Todd's Cuffed to Constant. It's his last sermon in the series of Cuffed, which was the one he just completed. And it is, oh my gosh, it is literally amazing. Um, so good. But this last episode of Cuffed to Constant talks about this. Like you're constantly doing something. You're not resting. You're not depending on God. You're just like, go, 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 go. And you have to be still, it's the same, this is really like the same type of message. So the first question is, was I present today with what I did? The second question was, did I take good care of the things that God has already given me? Don't clean your house because your husband's going to be mad if he comes home from work and the house is dirty. Clean the house because God gave you a house and provided you a home that you should take good care of to show God how grateful you are that he gave you this home. What do we tell our kids that trash their bedroom? What do we tell our kids that trash their cars, that trash their stuff? Like if you're not going to take good care of your stuff, you're never going to take care of expensive stuff. Like I'm going to teach you how to take care of a $2,000 car so that when you have a $30,000 car, you'll take good care of it. If you trash your $2,000 car, you're probably going to trash your $30,000 car. Like my husband says, if you lose your fake wedding ring, I know you're going to lose your real wedding ring. So it scares me thinking of you walking around with an expensive ring on your hand. And it's the truth. Like you lose things. That's, that's what your character shows. So if you want God to bless you with a bigger house, you should be taking care of the house you have. Because God is not going to give you more than you can handle. And you're already showing that you can't handle the small house that you currently live in. But you're longing and you're desiring this big house. It's the same with everything that we have. Taking good care of it. Do you have kids? Did you take care of them today? And and it's not a question of, oh, I'm such a loser. My kids were on tablets all day and I really ignored them and I was in a bad mood because we have cycles and we are not perfect and we have hormones. And sometimes our kids and our grandkids just get on our nerves and it's like, I just can't deal with you today. And it's okay. God gives you grace. It's not how much did I check off my to-do list today? That's, that doesn't determine if your day was successful or not. And the other question that you need to ask is how were my emotions today and my thoughts? 
were they grateful? Were they joyful? Like Ecclesiastes says, to eat and drink and find satisfaction in your work while you're joy, you're joyful and you're happy and you're grateful. That's what God wants. He wants you to have a joyful, grateful heart. Your mind isn't like running with your to-do list and stresses and worries and doubts and fears and limiting beliefs and shame and guilt and sins and condemnation. No, that's why you need to spend time with God so that you can learn to stop letting your mind go there and stop letting you just go away. He wants your mind focused on him, things above, what you're doing, thanking him for your day, taking care of your stuff around you and being present in the moment. If you're present and you have a grateful heart, you're going to be able to respond to things that God needs you to respond to in a better way. So when I was super stressed and I was working and I was trying to hit these goals, I didn't really have time for anyone in my life besides my team, my company, and my husband, and my kids. That I was like, I was full. And I was doing a half job with my kids and with my husband. I really didn't have time for them, but I was making a little bit of time. So anyone else outside of that, I did not have time for you, unless you were going to join my team or buy my product. But I have a goal to hit, and I'm sorry, but I'm sacrificing now. I used to sit in meetings. It literally makes me sick to my stomach. I used to sit in these leadership meetings, and the wife's owner used to talk about sacrifice and sacrificing now so that you can have things later. And it's a little bit of time. And I remember the owner came to Michigan one time and he spoke and he said, you know, it was my brother's wedding and I couldn't go because he knew that I had a convention to go to. And I said, that's more important. And I'm sacrificing and I'm working hard so I can have these things. And I'm sorry, I can't come to your wedding. And at the time I was like, yeah, yeah, that's like real sacrifice, right? Like you got to make sacrifices. You got to work hard. You got to do it. And a couple of people from my team after that were like, I can't believe he said that. That's like messed up. And I'm like, no, no, no. You just don't get the vision. Like you just don't get them. Like you got to work harder and you got to sacrifice. You can't say yes to everything. If you're at every barbecue and every birthday party, you're not going to have time to be successful. And this message of sacrifice was so close there. I remember sacrificing and missing important things for my kids, like their last day of school, because I was working and I was doing all this, missing their birthdays, missing my birthday with them. Or I'm like, sorry, I'm traveling for, for work and I won't be home on my birthday. Like it sucked. And I just, it's, it's what I believed. And it's easy to believe that when everyone around you is saying the same thing, but I will tell you, I promise you that God does not care about your success in a worldly way like like you do and like everyone else around you does. He doesn't judge success based on that. Now, will he bless you and give you abundantly and do all these things for you? Yeah, he will. And he wants you to do that. He wants you to commit your work to the Lord. He wants you to work. We just talked about that. He's not saying to not work. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you abundantly, but we can't get tricked in the meantime. We can't let our brains just go crazy. So I wouldn't have time to spend with people that God was putting in my path because he's like, oh, Taryn will help him. Like my sisters, my sisters would call me because they need advice or they need help. And they would call me and I would decline their call. 
I'd be like, sorry, working all day. Sorry, I'm called all day. And I would blow them off because I didn't have time for them. And God put them in my life for a reason because he's like, come on, Taryn, like, I need you to use your gifts to help them right now, to encourage them. He put me in my town with my church to use my skills, use my leadership skills, use my passion, use my, my mess of a life that turned into my message or, you know, all these things that you go through, these trials that you go through in life, they become your testimony. It becomes what, look at, look at how amazing this is. Like I got pregnant as a teen. That was obviously not God's plan, but God was like, oh, I know I'll use this to turn her life around. And she's going to turn her life around and then be able to inspire more people to not have abortions. So see hot devil, I already beat you. Like he will like play over here and like, okay, I'm going to mix this and move this. Okay. This happened. No problem. I'm going to use this for this. And that's why we are missional and why we have this message on our heart and we're passionate about things because we've gone through things that we don't want people to go through, or we want to help someone build something that won't take them as much time because we're going to help them do it. Or we want to inspire someone and we're encourage them or make them feel better, educate them or help them heal all these things that we have passions for. It's not just an accident or it's not random. But if you're so busy trying to do things yourself, you're going to miss what happens. So I didn't want to miss. I'm right now I'm starting a, I'm starting a mom's ministry that's local uh, to me and my church with a friend of mine, Lisa, who I met through my sales job, which is really cool. I'm like, how awesome that we met there and connected there. And now we're using this together. Like God needed us to meet and we're building this mom's ministry in our church and we have a huge dream for it. I mean, it's going to be huge, but I'm just really letting God do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to build this with you, God. And I'm going to let you take the lead. And I'm just going to kind of sit back and you just like, you just make things happen because I wanted to see like how this was going to be. And so it's hard when you're like, okay, be still. So stop doing all your things in your to-do list, be present be grateful and joyful and do the things God put in front of you. Take care of your kids, do your job with a good, grateful, joyful spirit, you know, do all these things. Okay. Well, how are things going to happen? Like I have to do these things on my to-do list. Like I'm building a business or I'm building a dream. Like I can't not do anything. And of course, you know, you can do some of your stuff on your to-do list when you're feeling in the mood and you're, and you're doing it. But a couple of things that have been on my to-do list that I haven't been doing were completed yesterday and it was totally God. It was not me. I didn't do anything. So I went out on the boat and we boat with like 20 to 30 other boats and everyone just kind of lines up together and we hang out for the day. So a lot of them are like friends of friends or like, this is my cousin's friend. And so you kind of meet new people every time you go out there and we we're on the boat and my husband was talking to this guy and come to find out he is the person who I used to buy our Q sciences apparel through when I ran my business. And he, um, he was, he was telling me about all this new stuff he has in this new website where people can order shirts and they can order stuff right off of it. He builds it for you. He ships out clothing for them. He has lawn signs. He has all this stuff. And it's all the stuff we need for our mom's ministry. And I'm like, this is so crazy that you just came over here to our boat and you're telling us about your business. I didn't even realize it was you. 
And now you're telling us about this business. So the to-do list that were the things that were on my list were find someone to make us shirts for our mom's ministry and to be able to have a website where people can just order what they want because we don't want to buy in bulk or anything like that and deal with that stuff. And the other thing was to have these lawn signs that we can put out throughout the park and places like that when we go. And I messaged my partner, Lisa, and I'm like, oh, I just got two things off our to-do list today. I found the person for both these things. And I'm like, how cool that God literally did that. That wasn't me. That wasn't me like, okay, I need to call. I need to find a place. Like God just brought it to me and it just happened. So I wanted to start being really mindful of all these things that are happening, these victories in my life while I'm being still. And so I, I bought a brand new journal at the store the other day. And there's something about buying a brand new journal that just like inspires you. Like I have this new journal, like it looks so cute. It like makes me feel good. Almost like if you buy another journal, maybe you'll start journaling every day this time. Like I'm going to, this time I'm really going to do this. Like I'm going to get a new journal. Okay. But the point is, is to get a new journal, or if you're still inspired to journal, you can use the journal you've been using, but to start writing down some things that you start to see, pray, write down a prayer, just talk to God, like God, um, help me to start seeing victories where that you're doing in my life, things that are just happening. Like you go to Starbucks and you run into someone from school and you, it was a great connection and they gave you some advice. Maybe you needed to hear, or like you see something on the radio or hear it. And it's like talking about this book and you start reading it and it's exactly what you needed. Like these little breadcrumbs that God leaves us pray that you start to see the breadcrumbs. That's the best thing to start doing is open my eyes and help me to see things that are happening around me that are from you that aren't from me. And then as you see them, write them down in this journal and start to put them in there so you can see God showing up and doing things for you when you're not. Like if you're thinking about, this has happened to me before, like I really wanted to leave my job, uh, my corporate job. I really wanted to leave, really wanted to leave, really wanted to leave, really wanted. God was telling me, leave, 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 leave. I hated it. It was getting worse. It was getting worse. It was getting worse. I wasn't leaving because I was scared. And I'm like, well, I should just hang out. And then they let me go. And it was awesome because I was like, yes, like a decision has been made. Like, this is perfect. Like I'm out. But God was like, okay, let me just be still and I'll just do it. Like here, I'm going to, you know, let you go, or I'm going to have that person call you. Or I'm going to have that client call you. Or I'm going to have more people see your Instagram posts, or I'm going to have that job call you back or that person. Like it will just start to happen and flow. So you have to slow down. You have to just be completely still. And that means mostly in your mind. And if you're not waking up and spending time with God, not with me, waking up and spending time with God or spending time with God after me, it doesn't have to just be in the morning, but you have to spend time because that'll make your brain really, I was thinking about a good way to determine this, like you're close, you're, um, like if you're trying to get as close as you can to be like completely still and believe you're chosen and anointed and like be in God's purpose for your life. It really, it's like, tell me how many hours a day you're spending with God. Like how many hours a day are you spending listening to a sermon listening to a Christian book, um, listening to worship music, journaling, doing devotionals, doing studies, like how many hours in a day are you spending doing that? And then how much time are you spending with just God, like you and God, like you're reading your Bible, 
Really the only thing that counts as just spending time with God is there's no third party person delivering the information to you. It's you and God. You are reading your Bible or you are sitting with your eyes closed. I mean, your eyes can be open, but I just close my eyes so I can focus. But you're sitting there and you're praying to God, you're hearing from God, or you're reading your Bible. Like that's really meditating, praying, or reading your Bible. That is the only way that you can be spending time with God and not another person. Yes, Michael Todd is amazing. Yes, Stephen Furtick is amazing. But you don't want to have coffee with Michael Todd and God, because now you're hearing Michael Todd's view of God, which is an amazing view. And it's very helpful. It's just like being on here, but it needs to be intimate. Imagine going to coffee with just me and we could sit down and we could have coffee and we could talk just one-to-one about your life, about your problems, about your struggles, about your dreams. And then imagine if another person came too the setting would be very different because now it's like, okay, now there's another person there. So it wouldn't be one-on-one. It would be three people all talking and it wouldn't be as intimate. It's the exact same thing with God. You have to have it be one-on-one. So it's just intimate and you can kind of get in there. And I know that it's hard, especially if you're someone like me who didn't do that, it's hard to get in that habit. And so pray that the Holy spirit helps you to do this. Like guide my soul and make me want to do this. And it, it works. I wake up and I'm like, oh, I really want to do this because sometimes I'm like, I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to listen to a sermon. Sometimes I'm not in the mood for it. And that's okay. You know, it's okay. But I pray that I am in the mood for it more and it works. So you have to be, you have to believe that you're chosen and anointed, and then you have to be still and, and stop trying to take the reins. And I have it um, right here. I printed this out that says we must stop plotting, planning, plotting, and scheming and let God solve the problem in his own way. And I wrote it down and I have it on my filing cabinet. And I have, I have a couple. I have this one. And then I have this one that says Nothing stands between man and his highest ideals and every desire of his heart, but doubt and fear. I have four total. This one says, you'll be a failure until you impress the subconscious with the conviction you are a success. Believing that you're a success, believing that you're chosen anointed until then you will be a failure. If you keep thinking that you're a failure, you will be. And the last one says, Holy Spirit, open the way to my great abundance I am an irresistible magnet for all that belongs to me by divine right. And, and I'm huge. I'm reading things and putting stuff up. I have post-it notes everywhere. I have things because I need to constantly tell myself, you can do this. You are capable of doing this. You are equipped because of God. You are chosen. You are anointed. You are special. You're unique. We need to tell ourselves that. And it's time to slow down on what the world says to do and speed up what God says to do. Spend more time, do the things that matter because they're the things that matter. They're the things that will matter when you get to heaven. You need to make an impact. You need to be available for what God has his plan for you, not your own plan because he has a big plan for you. He needs you to save people. He needs you to help lead the way. Maybe you're physically saving someone's life. Maybe you're eternally saving their life. And leading them to Jesus and telling them your experience and telling them what you have found and what you've been realizing lately and opening up and sharing your testimony with someone. 
do what God tells you to do. That deep down feeling of, I need to do this. Start leading in that direction. Start praying about it and watch things change drastically. You just watch. They will start to change drastically, especially if you're listening to the series on crazy faith and you're taking notes along the way. Mind blown. I even think that I'm going to go back through that series because that's how much it blew my mind the first time and how much God showed me and moved me forward. It was just, it was just incredible. So I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for being on here live. I love you guys. You rock. And I will see you on Wednesday. So love you. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus's holy name. Amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.